Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood with a side dose of humor along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous boys under four. I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood. Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes. The average global weaning age around the world is between two and seven. Um, So, you know, that's not really the case here, Um, but it is in other places. So I think it's about getting information to the women that that, that are, um, yeah, wanting to continue their breastfeeding journey because it's, it's so normal and it's so amazing. Hi ladies, welcome back, welcome to episode 50. I feel a little buzz of excitement saying that. We're starting to get a really beautiful big library of information um, out there for all of our mummers and mummers-to-be, which is a big part of why I started Lenny Rose and uh, certainly why I started the podcast, particularly in amongst the whole uh, COVID crisis that we have found ourselves in over the last 12 months or so. So um, I do really hope that you're finding the episode useful please always feel free to write in give us feedback suggestions questions um we really want to be built and driven by you and for you and so today's episode is part three of the three-part series in breastfeeding we have the beautiful uh amberly harris back again of maternal instincts by amberly so i'm sure if you've been listening along you know that she's a very passionate midwife and lactation consultant and is really, really passionate about educating women um, on their breastfeeding journey and assisting them to reach their breastfeeding goals and also really helping to align our society, our culture with what the World Health Organisation recommends with regards to breastfeeding, which is up to two years breastfeeding. And it's just something that you don't often see in Australia and perhaps in the Western world um, just because of the culture that we have around breastfeeding. So uh, she has a really great movement called the 662 Movement, which you can look up um, on her website, which I'll I'll pop the details uh, on at the end. But yeah, we're really excited to have her back on and today we're talking about uh, tandem feeding. So not a lot of information out there about tandem feeding and something that Amberly is really well versed in. So really excited to have her chatting about that today. Hi Amberly, welcome back to the show. Hi Rosie, I'm so happy to be here again. I'm loving these episodes. <laughs> Me too, so great. We tend to have a, a, a good laugh and um, lots of information <laughs> exhumed at the same time. <laughs> so today we're chatting on tandem feeding, which I know is just something that you're so, so passionate about. And um, I wanted to kick off the interview with just asking about your 662 movement. Yeah, can you chat to us about that and how that sort of relates to tandem feeding as well? Yeah, of course. So my 662 movement is basically 
a breastfeeding movement that I've created to help mothers um, work towards their breastfeeding goals that really align with the World Health Organization guidelines for breastfeeding. It's my hope and aspiration with the work that I do to help mothers learn how to successfully breastfeed over the first six weeks. Uh, And that's mainly because the first six weeks is really the most challenging part in establishing breastfeeding. And if you can make it to the first, you know, six week milestone, um, statistically, you are likely to go on and breastfeed for a long time. So it's a really important milestone that one. So once mothers get past that first six weeks, um, then I like to support them in going on and working towards exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months and continued breastfeeding until their child turns two or beyond. So that is my six, six, two movement. And um, yes, I definitely have a a lot of mothers in my six, six, two movement. I I have a membership for it. um, But I also, you know, a lot of all my packages are based around my six, six, two milestones. Um, And I have many that um, are still breastfeeding when planning their, you know, next baby. Um, So they might be breastfeeding their toddler and then, you know, wanting to put thought into adding to their family. So um, yeah, tandem feeding is a very real thought for a lot of mothers, depending on obviously how they want to space out their babies. But if they do want to breastfeed till, you know, two, um, then there's a potential that that breastfeeding journeys overlap. Yeah. And so does... You know, I feel like there's a bit of a misnomer that breastfeeding is a, uh, it's a contraception and so, or it can make, you know, conception uh, more difficult, but um, a lot of women do fall pregnant whilst breastfeeding, (laughs) Um, perhaps intentionally, perhaps not. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And then also continuing to breastfeed perhaps an older child whilst pregnant? So breastfeeding can be a form of contraception and it's called lactational amenorrhea, uh, which is a type of um, basically, yeah, contraception. So, and it's just this, I guess, very clever way that mother nature has planned for us to help space out our babies. So um, that's the reason why a lot of mothers don't get their period back for, you know, many months. Uh, On average, when their baby's about 12 months of age, most mothers will have had their period return. Um, So, but it just means that in the meantime, when they haven't had their period, um, they've probably not been ovulating um, because their body is sort of saying, well, I need to focus on nourishing this baby through that breastfeeding relationship. And then when it's the right fit, I'll be ready to, yeah, have my period return and ready to conceive um, my next baby. So there's a few theories that I guess if you wait for your period to return naturally, I love that there's a great naturopathic um, theory about that, that basically, you know, that's your body's way of saying, I'm ready now for another baby. And, you know, obviously that theory varies with, you know, all mothers because some mothers get their period back when their baby is like six weeks old. So um, that's probably not necessarily always the case for all mothers. Um, But I also also do like like to think of that because the majority of mothers it is closer to that 12 months of age yeah definitely and you know for lactational amenorrhea or that sort of method of contraception to be effective it needs to be exclusive breastfeeding it needs to be breastfeeding regularly within a six-hour window I believe and also to not have had the return of ovulation or or your um, period so it works but there's also very specific things that need to be happening for it to actually be effective in terms of contraception. Is that correct? (laughs) Absolutely correct. So yeah, it's feeding on demand and that's day and night. Um, And yes, no introduction of solids or any other fluids. Um, We know that, yeah, if mothers do that, they 
are very likely to not be ovulating. But in saying that, if you definitely know that you do not want to have another baby, um, I, I wouldn't be recommending anyone just go off that because there's lots of mothers that have found themselves pregnant when they were in so, so not, you know, intentionally planning. Mm. <laughs> well, good to, good to know <laughs> what the uh, what the hard and fast rules are there. <laughs> um, yes. Practice contraception <laughs> is basically yes. what it sounds like. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, what about breastfeeding while pregnant? Um, is there anything that um, you can sort of, you know, I guess assist mothers who are wanting to continue that breastfeeding journey whilst pregnant um, that can that can help them to, I guess, continue along so that they will end up um, eventually tandem feeding Mm -hmm. yeah for sure so I guess the first thing to sort of point out is that our bodies are actually very adept at being pregnant growing a new life and still maintaining lactation for a a, a baby or a toddler Um, we can do it it is very important that we take good care of ourselves because our our body will have this way of of obviously baby and utero is going to be number one and and getting all the the vital um, nutrients and minerals and everything that they need to grow. Um, Our breast milk will also be doing good things for our our toddler or our baby. Um, And then, you know, then there's us. So um, I always say to any mother that's, that's wanting to do this is just really prioritize your health, make sure that you're really focusing on good nutrition, you know, well-balanced diet, um, fresh season, produce staying well hydrated and and getting rest and good supplements is really important as well so not just you know stuff over the counter i'm a big fan of practitioner only prescribed supplements um because they're much more bioavailable and they're you know they're a lot better for us as well so you know that's that's something to remember but if anyone's thinking oh you know my mum said that it, i have to stop breastfeeding or because i want to have another baby you you actually your ba- your body is so capable of this but yeah just look after yourself in terms of things to consider if you are um you know pregnant and then still breastfeeding your uh you know toddler probably the the hardest part in the first trimester is nipple sensitivity is really hard because it's very increased for mothers when they're pregnant there you'll have moments potentially where you just won't want to breastfeed because you just don't really want your little one on you um so it's navigating that it's figuring out well you know am i still enjoying this can i push through this because i'd really like to keep breastfeeding my toddler or is this all too much for me? And, you know, that's what's important is that you're checking in with yourself and it's still something that you want to do as opposed to you feeling like you have to do it. Aside from the nipple sensitivity, you can also get a, a, a huge surge of hormones when your letdown reflex happens that can make you very nauseated. So it can make pre- pregnancy nausea worse. Um, so, again, just something to navigate in that in that first trimester that's hard. But generally I find once mothers get through that first trimester and a lot of that will you know, really settles down. Um, you know, the breastfeeding journey is just much, much the same as it has been. And then obviously you're just waiting for your baby to, to arrive and, and then navigating that tandem breastfeeding journey. It's mm, incredible. I mean, we just actually recently chatted about antenatal expressing as well. And uh, I know this wasn't on the question list, but um, <laughs> but um, I'm just thinking like if you're continuing to breastfeed um, a toddler whilst pregnant, yeah, like we, you know, does that, 
are we getting colostrum then coming in in the later parts of pregnancy does it change yeah it just seems like a, a, a the body is so incredible and it would be providing like normal breast milk for a toddler but then when the baby comes in it's got to switch to colostrum yeah so what happens is we know that mothers when they're when they're breastfeeding uh, and then they are pregnant they they have a shift in their supply so around the fifth or sixth month of pregnancy 20 24 weeks um, a mother will stop making mature milk for the toddler and that's when her body will start making colostrum in readiness for the baby in utero so toddlers are typically very fussy around that stage when a mother's supply changes and they can go through several days where they're very frustrated at the fact that the flow is not there and then the colostrum comes in and it's not like with your first baby volume wise uh, it's a lot like mothers make a lot of colostrum for that toddler um so there's really no issues with maintaining that breastfeeding relationship and I actually have found I, I love um putting this theory to the test but I, I tandem fed my two and my little boy he obviously was the one who got two rounds of colostrum so he got his colostrum then he got it when his sister triggered that in my supply and I just honestly find these babies or little ones that have managed to have two rounds of colostrum their immunity is mind-blowing like you know never ever been sick never had you know hospital admissions never had antibiotics like it's amazing what these they're a very you know specific group of kids and um and I've only got a handful of of um, clients that have done it and I've got a handful of girlfriends as well but everyone I've met it's that's been the theme it's been pretty amazing <laughs> mm, sounds like we need uh, La Trobe University to come on board and um, do some research <laughs> in that area. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be so good. Maybe uh, part of your six six two movement eventually. <laughs> Great to know that a woman can successfully breastfeed while pregnant. Um, and then, what about when uh, the baby arrives? As uh, just some practical advice on how tandem feeding might work because I can imagine you know a toddler at that point might be feeding twice a day or you know perhaps still on demand but depending on the baby's um, age or the toddler's age um, you know whereas a a newborn is sort of like potentially on the breast 24 7 if they're anything like my children um, (laughs) how does that all work practically and and is it a really good opportunity for like the two kids to like bond I don't know like it could be like I've never done it so (laughs) yeah yeah no such such great points so I guess the the main message is that you breastfeed your baby first your your newborn is the one that is the most important because they need to get what they what they require from from mum so they they feed first and um and if your toddler wants to feed as well because what quite often happens is they have an increased interest in breastfeeding when their sibling arrives um so you can say yeah sure you can have a feed you can have some milk whatever you call it um but you have to wait uh, for your little one your sibling first and then it's your turn. The the main thing I think that's important is about boundaries um, because toddlers are more likely to push the boundaries and be like, well, I'll breastfeed all the time. And I actually think it's a really great way for them to learn there's someone else in the world now. I have a sibling. I have someone else to consider in my world. And of course, they learn that anyway when a baby, a newborn comes home into their household and they're like, this is your new brother or sister. They learn that message. But 
I don't know. I just find it, it uh, when they're sharing, when they're realizing that, oh, okay, you have milk too. And I do. And, and if it's the right fit that you want to actually feed them both at the same time, um, it is a beautiful thing for bonding. You're, I think you're spot on there, but I think it's also a great way when you're saying, well, you can, you can have some milk, but you need to wait your turn. I think it sends a beautiful message to them to consider. It's not all me. Uh, I'm still so important, but I also, I have a sibling that I have to, yeah, create space for in, in my world. And I think it's, it's only a good thing. Yeah. And what about where mums can go for more support or more information on tandem feeding if they are looking to um, go down this path? That's such a good question, Rosie. And I'm honestly sitting here listening, going, Oh, there's not much information to be honest. It's a really common thing that mums write to me on Instagram and say, I've looked everywhere. There's nothing like, how can you help me? So, um, obviously it was more about it, but it is part of like, there's a, there's a whole heap of topics on things that I, yeah, people keep asking about. So it will be things that I'll be doing videos on in the future and, you know, creating some more blog articles and things so that mothers have something, anything to, to guide them on how to, how to navigate that experience, which is very much in the minority, but, um, yeah, we, we, women need, they deserve so much more. They deserve more information because it's a, yeah, it's an extraordinary thing. And I think the thing that's hard is that probably where we are in the world, we are in the minority, but (laughs) around the world, tandem feeding is very much the norm. You know, we, we, we know that our breastfeeding statistics, we, they drop off very quickly. Um, and, and that's just because of the way breastfeeding, I guess, perceived in our culture, but there's plenty of places in the world that, um, yeah, the children are, you know, that the average global weaning age around the world is between two and seven. Um, so, you know, that's not really the case here. Um, but it is in other places. So I think it's about getting information to the women that, that, that are, um, yeah, wanting to continue their breastfeeding journey because it's, it's so normal and it's so amazing. Mm, It's such a cultural, um, yeah, just a sort of, it's a cultural institution, I guess, isn't it? Like how, how breastfeeding is, um, yeah, how it is in our society and how we, how we think and feel about it is so impacted upon by that, isn't it? (laughs) It is. And that's a huge part of what I'm doing with the documentary that I'm making um, is about, yeah, cultural um, influences on breastfeeding journeys because it's, yeah, it's, it runs deep. Like the, the way, uh, you know, there's a lot of influences, but I think that's, what's cool to unpack is how much we are shaped by, by culture. And, um, and also recognizing that it, we don't have to do it exactly that way. You know, you, you, at the end of the day, you follow your, your mothering instincts. You, that's what, that's what matters. You do what is the right fit for you and your family. It's mm, so great. Yeah, the work that you're doing is so important and um, can't wait for your documentary to come out. And you've also just got a really <laughs> exciting product that you've just launched. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I've just um, launched a nipple butter, which was a product that I'd really been looking for to recommend to my clients for a long time to help them navigate nipple damage in the early days and weeks of breastfeeding. And I just didn't find anything on the market that was was something that I would recommend. Um, I really wanted herbal medicine because that brings a therapeutic benefit. Um, and I didn't want something that was just lanolin-based because that's what most of the products are on the market, which is which is wool fat. It's, it's fat from the sebaceous 
curvaceous glands of sheep, um, which doesn't sound very appealing to me about lathering that onto your nipples <laughs> and then having a baby breastfeed. Baby um, on it, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, wow. And, and, and it just doesn't, it doesn't create, like it creates a barrier, um, but it doesn't really, it doesn't help your nipples heal. So, um, and then, it, you know, any other products that I found might've had herbs in it, but they would also have essential oils or they were very aromatic. And, um, you know, I'm a huge advocate for the breast crawl and for letting your baby use their sense of smell as the main sense that they use to find the nipple and areola. Um, they can smell those glandular secretions that the breast makes, which literally helps babies find the breast. And so if you're using a nipple care product that's really strong in smell, that's going to overpower those important smells um, for your baby. So because of all of this, I basically um, figured out that I would, I can't find anything, so I will make my own. So I've collaborated with my sister who's a naturopath and together we um, have come up with this amazing signature product, which is, um, yeah, packed full of very intentional herbs um, are in it. Um, Obviously no essential oils, um, no lanolin or anything like that, no chemicals. So you don't need to wash it off. You can leave it. It's all safe for ingestion. But I guess the biggest part of all is that it's designed to accelerate wound healing. It's, It's really there to help your nipples recover, help them adjust to the breastfeeding journey so that you can carry on and and breastfeed your baby and achieve your breastfeeding goals. Yeah, oh, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes, I'll get some to you for sure, Rosie. You'll love it. And I, I'm so happy to create a coupon code for your audience as well. Um, the product is just in my online shop on my website. Um, so I'll send that through to you. Awesome. So if anybody's looking to grab a discount on um, Amberly's uh, nipple butter or to contact her in general, I'll make sure that all of those details are in the show notes. You can just jump on and um, click straight to grab your nipple butter. <laughs> Yay. Perfect. Oh, thanks so much for joining us again, Amberly. It's been really great to have you on the show. That, that concludes our sort of little three-part mini-series. So hopefully so much great information for women and, um, and now they have another person or point of call for breastfeeding education which is just so so great so (laughs) thank you Rosie I'm so happy to have been here and yeah of course if I can help any of your followers in any way um yeah I'm all about women having good support with their breastfeeding journey so really thank you for having me well, thanks so much for joining us again, guys. I really hope that you enjoyed that three-part series on breastfeeding. And if you didn't go back and listen to the first couple of episodes, we talked about antenatal expressing and mastitis, two uh, really key important things to have a little bit of ground knowledge on, especially if you're going into your pregnancy and motherhood journey first time around. Um, but, you know, each journey, each time you bring a new child into the world, the journey is really, really different. So. Um, you know, whether or not you're a seasoned mama or not, I'm sure there's some great tips and tricks in there for you to learn. So, um, Amberly does have a special discount on her breastfeeding series, education series for Lenny Rose or Mama Matters listeners. Um, so make sure you check out the show notes on the site for that. And you can also grab 10% off her recently launched all natural nipple butter. Uh, so you can use the code LRA. 
10 NIP to grab that 10% discount. So, yeah, I hope you're really loving what you're listening to, ladies. Make sure you give us a shout-out, take a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to, subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming episodes. And despite being on the cusp of having my fourth baby, which may or may not have happened by now, (laughs) I do plan to endeavour to still get one episode out each week and just keep the momentum rolling. So um, feedback, requests, suggestions, always welcome. And I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode. Bye for now. This episode is brought to you by Lenny Rose Active, Australian-owned, three-times mum and physiotherapist-designed luxe, active and technical wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey. You can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on Instagram at lennyroseactive.com.